Hi there, welcome to the Biz Communication Show. I'm your host, Bill Lampton, the Biz Communication Guy. My guests and I will share strategies and tactics that will boost your business because we will talk about winning words and ways. It's a great privilege today to host Bob Stone. Bob and I met about 15 years ago when he invited me to direct an all-day communication seminar for CenturyTel. Bob and I have kept in touch since then, and I'm going to share with you now some remarkable highlights of his career. Bob Stone from the Los Angeles metropolitan area is chair at Vistage Worldwide, the world's leading executive coaching organization where he works with a select group of high-performing business leaders across various industries and sectors. With over 30 years of experience in strategy, innovation, and business development, Bob is passionate about helping executives and entrepreneurs reach their full potential and accelerate their growth. Bob Stone has advised top executives from Google, the National Football League, New Zealand Parliament, and other organizations. He leverages his credentials as a certified technology coach and FAA certified commercial pilot to bring clients a unique perspective and practical mindset. Bob Stone's goal is to empower and assist his clients in unlocking their potential and finding fulfillment and success in their careers. So join me now in welcoming Bob Stone to the Biz Communication Show. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bill. It's great to see you. Happy yes, to great to team up with you again, as we did with Century Tell about 15 years ago when I was privileged to be your guest presenter that day. And it's been, as I said a second ago, it's been great to keep up with the wonderful progress in your career. Today, Bob, we're going to talk about a topic that has everybody buzzing, and yet not many of us know what we're buzzing about, and that's artificial intelligence. You have become an expert in that, as you have in so many areas. And so the first question is, I'd like for you to share with us what exactly is artificial intelligence and where and when and how did it begin? Okay. Thank you, Bill. And thank you for the kind introduction. And um, artificial intelligence it's, it's referred to commonly what we're talking about now is generative AI. So in simple terms, it's having a computer or machine that seemingly can think and learn on its own. It's about teaching machines to perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, like understanding languages, recognizing patterns, and making decisions. It's what used to be called machine learning. So in the or origins, I think is what you asked, it, it dates back to around in the 1950s, but it started gaining public attention in the 21st century, thanks to advances in computing power and availability of vast amounts of data. So AI emerged publicly 
at first with bots, like voice recognition software that were used mostly in customer service applications. And um, the early attempts, as I think you hit on, Bill, I was working on in autonomous vehicles with Bosch. So that those are some of the first places AI was used. So did, did I answer your question? Yes, very okay. much so. And I guess, uh, I guess what struck me was where you said that in some ways there were there were early vestiges of this in the 1950s. Did I catch that correctly? Yes, it's it start. It wasn't called AI, of course. It was it was it was referred to um, as it, it, several different topics that we talked. We that it was, but it became didn't become artificial intelligence till sometime after 2000. Now, one of the worries, of course, that, that many people have is what is this going to do to their employment? In what ways, Bob, is it going to assist people with their employment? And in what ways does it possibly threaten people's employment? That's a great question. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. What industries is it going to disrupt? Um, I'd start by thinking about the medical industry, in particular pathologists and radiologists, as what's happening now with radiology uh, scans, for example, it's, it's showing that um, the computers can be trained or AI, or generative AI can be trained to catch, for example, cancer detections that a pathologist can't do. So it's a supplement now. Is it going to replace reading x-rays and scans? Probably. And probably the radiologists are going to have to move up to more critical skills. They're gonna, that's going to be a mundane task of analyzing x-rays and so forth. The same with pathologists. Um, there's a company called Page Cancer Detection. It's it's a joint venture that, that Page is doing with Microsoft, and they have about ten times the amount of data in school, in stored pathology tissues that Netflix has. So you, if you can imagine the massive amount of memory, several billion slides have been digitized that have been read already, and they. They'll feed that, they've been feeding that into um, servers that, that when a like match comes or something near that, it's going to be able to diagnose what's in that pathology. It, so it is going to af affect the medical uh, community in that type of way. Um, other big questions in the tech area, jobs and technology, coding, software development, Data analysis are highly susceptible to AI displacement. AI can automate routine coding tasks and data analysis today, and they're going to reduce a lot of software engineers in the writing code area. There is going to be a need for them. Hopefully, we'll need we'll need them all, and we'll because and they'll become ten times more effective because we're going to need um, those skills. The other thing that I see a big change at is in media roles. 
um, AI can effectively produce written content. And uh, that's one of the, what's going on now with the Writers Guild and the Hollywood, the whole Hollywood show that's going on today. You can write movie scripts, book books um, from AI, just feeding in general concepts. I'd be happy to go over with you. How, how do you do this? How do you do this on a small scale, a large scale? Models like ChatGPT and BART are able to do that today, um, along with Claude as well. Um, finance and accounting. In the finance sector, AI can, can automate data analysis um, and reporting tasks, enabling knowledge workers to focus on more strategic and value-added activities. Accountants especially, and those in intellectual labor roles may face risk as AI um, takes on some of the responsibilities. Customer service, we're already seeing it as AI chatbots are replacing customer service agents. It's um, cost-effective um, even today to replace human customer service representative, representatives. So the people in those jobs are going to have to be retrained and move up, hopefully. Same goes for office jobs. Recent develops indicate that office jobs, which traditionally demanded cognitive skills, creativity, and higher education levels, um, are now more vulnerable to AI disruption. AI, such as um, large language models, can assist with these tasks and roles, and they're, they're impacting highly paid workers. Now, and the last that I've thought about are analytical roles. Jobs that involve analytical skills like critical thinking, writing, science, and math, um, they're all exposed to AI. For instance, budget analysis and web developers could see the end of the need for their for their services. So it's um, it, it's, the positive part to note is the AI may replace specific tasks within these roles. It cannot entirely pay, place replace humans. We have capabilities like social skills, empathy, nuanced understanding of situations. AI has limitations, including biases that where the industry is working on, who's programming it, what are, what are the person's biases or the team's biases and they're picking it up. So AI is going to have biases and security concerns. That is going to require human oversight. I'm a person who uh, has, has not <laughs> become advanced in AI as you have. I've, I, I suppose I'd say I've dabbled in it a little bit in that one of my marketing and technology advisors told me how to get on it and how to ask questions. And there were a couple of things I've found, uh, and I think this would be the experience of many first timers who are using it. One is that it's amazingly rapid. In fact, yes. uh, it, it really got me, Bob, that just as soon as I finished typing a question, almost before I put the question mark, the answer came. And, and it was amazingly rapid, more rapid than somebody else could tell it to you in an answer. I also found that uh, it was, in, in some instances, surprisingly accurate. For example, I Googled my own name. That's a good thing for anybody to do to test it. Much to my surprise, it came up with a, 
a sketch of my professional career, my services, my offerings, my clients, all this in just a matter of section uh, seconds. And it was, I would say, a page or two long. Now, the other side of it that I would, I would welcome your addressing is that I also found you at this stage, maybe because I'm a novice, but I also found it was not necessarily 100% accurate. Uh, for example, you know that I've been a, a very long time football fan. And I had some friends who played uh, football where I grew up in Mississippi, played at Ole Miss and played professional football. And so I, I did a bio sketch on them. And I would say the bio sketch was 75 to 80% accurate, but it gave a wrong date of death. And it mentioned one person I, I uh, questioned, I don't remember if that was a football player or not, but it mentioned the date of his death and he's, he's still alive. So Nobody told him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's, uh, it's amazing. In a minute, we're going to come back and we're going to talk, Bob, about the, the ethical considerations because that certainly has been bounced around. So we'll be back in a few seconds to talk about that. Do you wish you felt confident about giving speeches? Do you want to deal with difficult people constructively? And what about becoming more persuasive in sales? Then keep listening now to Dr. Bill Lampton. He spent 20 years in management, so he knows the communication skills you need for success. I urge you to call the Biz Communication Guy today for a no-cost but very valuable 30-minute discussion about your communication challenges. Call now, 678-316-4300. Again, that's 678-316-4300. Before we talk about the the ethical ethical considerations and and there are some some very serious ones, I want to go back to what you said about when we use AI, we we need to remember that there's there's one important factor with what we generate that we may need to add, and that is empathy, because this is a um, I, I guess I, I would say this is scientific, it's mechanical. And some people who, for example, might want to write an article for a newspaper, they could put the topic and something would come out, but it doesn't have their personality in it. But now you, you made a good point there. Let's move along to talk about the ethical considerations. I think, for example, uh, there are authors who could uh, produce uh, magazine articles and books. There are speech writers. I know there are professional speech writers and they could produce speeches that way. What guidelines would you give us? What precautions, what insights about when we get into using AI? What are the ethical restraints or guidelines that we should have, Bob? That's a great question, Bill, and a difficult one. And certainly, we're in a, we're in a period of flux where the government's trying to decide, and our court system, I'm sure, will be involved. What are the copyright rules? Who owns who owns what in that area? And 
how, how do you proceed? I guess carefully would be my advice. Yes, you could write a whole script and you're going to have to fact check everything. As, as Bill mentioned, it, it gets things wrong. We call those uh, hallucinations. So they're all prone to hallucinations. But um, how is this? I, I, that's all I could say. Um, see, see what your, the federal government is doing as far as regulating um, copyright and how do you protect yourself from it? Um, I think if you have intellectual property that needs to have copyright protection, I would I would talk to your attorney, your that uh, your IP attorney. So, does that does that help? Is that yes, yes. And I I of course having been a former college professor on on the faculty at University of Georgia years ago, I can imagine what happens when you have graduate students turn in term papers. It, it brings to mind an incident which in some ways is related. And in other words, I'm trying to say that that plagiarism is, is nothing new. It has just taken different forms. I remember I was teaching an honors class in communication and the, the students had to write a term paper about a week before the term papers were due. I was reading the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They had a, a splendid article recapping Hitler's career. The student liked it so much, he copied it and turned it in as a term paper. <laughs> so uh, obviously he no longer remained in the honors program. We can, we can say that uh, plagiarism and uh, false use of somebody else's information has been around a while. I'll mention, Bob, that when I first started publishing articles on the internet, about the second or third year into that, one day on the internet, I saw an article. The title looked very familiar. I started reading it. The words were very familiar, and the reason it was very familiar was that was my article. Yes. <laughs> Somebody had had taken that and posted it as their own with their name. And so my uh, my my request to that person was either remove your name or put my name on there, which which was the case. So using somebody else's material has been around a long time. Are there you, you mentioned the federal government might be coming up with some guidelines which would, would would help us protect. And of course, I guess, who would it be, a, a patent attorney that we would also talk with to to protect our own material? I think um, and it's, it's a patent and copyright. Usually it is the same attorney, but they're specialty attorneys now just to protect intellectual property. The difference, Bill, from the past to now is you can have that case Yes, where students or anyone outright um, picks your article, uses it, or has AI, or but when you, if you, it could happen innocently. I could type in something around near a topic that you've written about, not even knowing you or knowing you published anything, and I could get snippets, pieces of your material, and if they're not foot foot righted, 
uh, carefully or correctly, which they're not usually, I can be using your work and have no idea I'm using, I'm using some of your work, some of person B's work, some of person C's work. Cause I said, let's, let's find out what, what's the most effective way to give, to write a speech on this particular topic. It, it can happen. Now, I don't know how do we protect against that? How do we know? You'll use AI, I guess, to do a search and they'll come back with it with anyone that's uh, used part of your paper or your research. Bob, we have time for one more question. And that is uh, certainly at the outset when we first started talking a few minutes ago, you talked about uh, the great advances in, in the medical field. Yes. And and we, we've all known what uh, business and industry can do, but let's think for just a minute or two, which is about all we have. What about small businesses? What can, in, in what ways can a small business, I'm a small business owner myself, in what ways can a small business owner benefit from AI? Okay, quick things that you can do. You can summarize a paper. That, that, let's say you're going to give a presentation on a topic that you're an expert on or your company wants to market on it. You can summarize your key, key points out of a particular article or, or paper you've written, have the AI not only pull it, you can say, give me 500 words, no more than 10 bullet points, and it will. Then you can have it convert it to slides. And you can use another piece of AI, probably Dolly, um, D-A-L-L hyphen I, um, to create artwork. Like for example, what's sitting behind me. That, that isn't created on Dolly, but you could. You could have a picture of you on the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. or um, So you can pull it all together and do a lot of marketing as a small businesses. Um, there's many AI tools and platforms that are very affordable and accessible for tasks. Like you can automate customer support as a small business, analyzing data, um, even optimizing your market campaigns. Um, are you doing the right keywords? Uh, those are simple things. I'd get very familiar if I were a small business and open an account at Bard, ChatGPT, Claude, and um, Dolly is a, the artistic of uh, ChatGPT. Very inexpensive, ten or twenty dollars a month to start. And um, if you decide you need more, and you you can certainly go from there, but it's very inexpensive to start, even free to start if you want to start with an unpaid account. Um, but I would recommend definitely checking out those three. Those are good recommendations for small business. One of my technology expert friends, Terry Brock, has done quite a few seminars and videos on AI demonstrating it. And one day he showed how in just a matter of probably 25 seconds or so, uh, he instructed AI to build a PowerPoint. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Gave the topic. And next thing you know, here are 12 or 15 PowerPoint slides, which a small business owner might not know how to do that or would have to hire somebody at, at uh, quite an expenditure to do it. So it, it is wonderful that not only the top top industries and businesses 
which you have worked with for so long that they are benefiting, but that small business can get in on this too. Bob, this has been a fascinating overview. I know that our viewers and our listeners on the Biz Communication Show have benefited tremendously. So please give us your contact information. I know, I know there are those who would like to contact you. My personal email is rdstone57 at gmail.com. And if you want to contact me regarding Vistage, it's bob.stone at vistagechair.com. My, tel my mobile telephone number is 714-420-8000. Thank you, Bob. And, and I encourage our viewers and listeners to get in touch with Bob Stone. As I say, I've known him for at least 15 years when we started, uh, when we worked together on a, an all-day seminar. I've had great respect and still do for his uh, remarkable ongoing professional development. Uh, check, uh, it's Robert Stone on LinkedIn, right, Bob? Yes, my real name, of course, is Robert. Uh, yes, so on LinkedIn, check, it's, check it's Robert Stone on, on LinkedIn. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll marvel at his, his profile and his offerings and, and his, his post. He's, he's an incredible resource. And since Bob has given his contact information, I'm happy to give mine. As the biz communication guy, of course, my website is bizcommunicationguy.com. Invite you to go there. And while you're there, you'll notice that there's an opportunity to subscribe to my podcast. And then my YouTube channel, where you will find all the previous sessions of the Biz Communication Show. My YouTube channel, when you go to the search bar, type in my YouTube handle, which is Bill Lampton, PhD. And while you're there, there is a subscribe button. So hit the subscribe button. Up until now, I, I have produced uh, 450 inst communication instruction videos, many of them solo, but in the last few years, I've called on wonderful guests like Bob Stone and have interviewed them. Also, after you have reviewed my services for corporations and leaders, give me a phone call, 678-316-4300. Again, 678-316-4300. And the first call, no obligation, just discuss your communication challenges and uh, uh, your, your situation and what you'd like to develop, and we can take it from there. Bob, I want to know what, uh, this is a vast topic, but, and we've covered a lot of it. Is it are, are there some thoughts you have that could pull this together for us? Well, I want to leave everyone with a thought. This comes from Jeffrey Hinton, H-I-N-T-O-N, who's the godfather of neural networks, which is what we've been talking about. He says that AI will have more than 100 trillion connections in less than five years. That's the same as a human being. He thinks AI is going to be smarter than humans. What happens next? Are they going to take over? Is AI going to take over? Are we going to be able to harness it? 
And what's the rest of the world going to be doing with it? Our, both our friend and our foes. That's what keeps me up at awake at night. That's a wonderful thought to pull our conversation together, Bob. Thanks again to Bob Stone for being our illustrious and informative guest today. Thanks to those of you who joined us on the video portion and on the podcast. Invite you to be with us for the next edition of the Biz Communication Show. I'm your host, Bill Lampton, the Biz Communication Guy.